Welcome to all the monks and novices and blessings to all the laity. So how is the training in samadhi, firm concentration, important? Training in samadhi has great importance. We can see there are many people these days who have problems with their mental health. And especially in a society where people have developed materially, there becomes even more mental health problems. And this is because the mind is lacking samadhi. If the mind has samadhi, then it will easily overcome any mental health problems. When one lacks samadhi, then the mind is in disorder and confusion. It thinks of things in the past, thinks of people who have passed away, and sorrows and grieves. There is no mindfulness, and the samadhi is not firmly concentrated. And in the end, problems with mental health follow. But those who have trained in samadhi, this will help to overcome this and maintain the normalcy of the mind easily. And if the mental stability has been lost, if there is no mindfulness, no samadhi, and no wisdom coming back to the mind, then one may lose their mindfulness for their whole life. They may become someone with mental problems for their whole life. And especially in the present day society, which is one where there is a lack of samadhi. And so there is a necessity to do more samadhi. And mostly all of us are determined to do samadhi because we know there are many benefits of samadhi. It is important for students who are studying, who need to have firm samadhi in their learning, and it's important for doing work and duties. And especially when we come to practice Dhamma, to understand Dhamma, we must rely on a deeper samadhi. And this samadhi can be separated into two main aspects, that is, the samadhi that is wrong, and the samadhi that is correct. The wrong samadhi is of the side that doesn't give benefit to oneself or others, like stealing. They steal things, rob things like gold, etc. There is samadhi there as well, but it is samadhi that is incorrect. It is samadhi that harms oneself and harms others. Then, in regards to correct samadhi, that is sama samadhi, This is samadhi that is for the benefit to our studies, to doing work and duties, and in practicing bhavana, mental cultivation. All things need to rely on sama samadhi, so samadhi is important. Lady Wisaka, who was the foremost lay female disciple of the Lord Buddha, she had the noble virtue of being a sotapanna, stream-enterer. But the sotapanna, of Lady Wisaka wasn't just an ordinary Sotapanna. She saw the Dhamma at just seven years old. She could organize the duties of receiving the Buddha and 500 Sawaka monks that her parents had invited to their house. Lady Wisaka here was just seven years old and she could manage this duty and organize it well. There was no other seven-year-old anywhere that could do this duty. She was someone with a lot of Bharami, spiritual perfections. But later, she had suffering because her niece, who she had given 
the duties of looking after her merit-making activities had passed away. When there were activities where many monks were invited, this niece had the skill to receive the monks and organize the activity well. It was like Lady Wisaka was trying to raise her relative by developing her character and instilling faith in her niece so that the niece could develop and be one who could replace her in the merit-making activities. Because Lady Wisaka had many duties within the city, each place had to invite Lady Wisaka because she was one of great faith and the leader of these merit-making activities in that city. Whichever house held merit-making activities had to invite her to come for the event. And when her niece died, Lady Wisaka was very upset because it was like losing her right hand. Lady Wisaka couldn't stop crying. She wasn't able to have samadhi. The mindfulness that she had trained in at that moment had disappeared. She thought she couldn't bear it. And with the mindfulness she had, she saw that her mind was not normal anymore. So she went to go see the Lord Buddha. The Lord Buddha asked Lady Wisaka about this, and she retold what had happened, that her beloved niece, who had intelligence in welcoming the Sangha, had died. Her beloved niece, who had skill and expertise in organizing the merit-making activities, had passed away. And the Buddha gave her Dhamma to awaken her mindfulness that if you had things that you love, one hundred beloved things, then you need to sorrow one hundred times over. Then Lady Wisaka had her mindfulness come up that this was normal. When there is something we love, there needs to be parting with loved ones. And her mindfulness came back quicker. And this was Lady Wisaka, who was a Sotapanna, one who had seen the Dhamma. She still had suffering. But going back to ten years before that incident, Lady Wisaka had no suffering then. So suffering is ahead of us. It is waiting for us. If we don't train our mindfulness well, and we don't train our samadhi to be firm, then... When we meet with problems that have arisen, we won't have the mindfulness and wisdom to overcome it. And the method that we try to use to train in samadhi, whether it is the in and out breath, or using the meditation word butto, or contemplating all things as emptiness, may you do it a lot, develop it a lot. We need to build up the resistance within our mind before whatever problem we have comes into our mind. It's like we need to have strength or investment to do business. And then, when there is a situation that comes up, like in this present-day society, where there is sickness coming up, causing troubles, this infectious virus that brings harm and difficulties to those who have no savings and investment or just have small investments. So this has come about because the entire economy and businesses have been badly affected. And our mind is the same if we don't prepare it well. If the mind does not have good mindfulness and good samadhi, 
there is no sila, morality, as a foundation, and there is no dana, generosity, that one has done regularly to support it, then the mind state won't have the strength to protect against the sense impressions, moods and emotions that comes in. But however well we practice, sometimes the moods and emotions that comes into the mind makes our mind all distressed and chaotic. There is greed, anger and delusion arising of a type that though we have contemplated it in meditation before, but we aren't able to become peaceful right now. So then we need to contemplate on death. When we contemplate on death, we will see that death is certain and life is uncertain. All things in life must be parted with. Even our body is compared to an old house. When it comes to the time, we need to part from it. It's like we stay in a house many hundreds of years old. The house is decrepit and falling apart, and eventually we can't be supported by this house anymore. Like this house, that is the body which we are supported by, it decays according to causes and conditions, but ultimately it must break down and fall apart, and we can't stay in it anymore. But if our mind is not peaceful, and we haven't prepared ourselves, there is no mindfulness, samadhi is not firm, and wisdom hasn't arisen, then the mind will be distressed. So we need to train, reflect that life is uncertain, that death is certain. The Buddha said that when we think in this way, we aren't heedless. And when we aren't heedless, then we don't die. That is, not dying in terms of the mind. But the people who are heedless, it's as if there's someone who is dead already. So when it's like this, then one who is not heedless should try to contemplate. Even if we just have one more night left, but we are established in heedfulness, then we can develop the mind to attain to the higher noble virtues. Like the venerable Arahant Sawika Bhikkhuni in the Buddha's time, who wasn't heedless. Even when she was in the kitchen, she practiced bhavana. She had ordained at an old age, and so she had the duty to oversee the making of the food and boiling water in the kitchen. And when she had finished, she put forth effort in practicing bhavana. She didn't let time pass by idly. In the end, she was able to attain to becoming an arahant. This is very praiseworthy. So we all are developing the mind like this. May you determine to do it. May you develop your minds to be higher with giving dana as a foundation. This is self-sacrifice, getting rid of our selfishness that we do regularly through our actions, speech and mind. You all are progressing your minds with self-sacrifice consistently, progressing by having sila and with samadhi, a firmly established mind. And try to contemplate all things, seeing them according to the three characteristics of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and non-self. Seeing that whatever has the nature to arise has the nature to cease.
and we will have the strength to see clearly into the Satya Dhamma, the truth. So in conclusion, Samadhi has many benefits. Benefits in leading one's life, from the age of a student in studies and education, in middle age in progressing one's work and having mindfulness and wisdom to improve one's duties. And in terms of sense impressions, moods and emotions in the mind, which usually, if one doesn't train the mind, one will do things only following these sense impressions. And then there will be distress arising and no peacefulness. There may only be some peace when we sleep, but it's distress still, without us being aware of it. And when we come back to sit meditation, some may notice that the mind inside is very hot, and we may have never sat still watching the mind before. But if we see the mind, then we may see the drawbacks of being agitated in the mind, and see the benefits of training in samadhi. So try to train in samadhi well. Restrain your actions and speech to be within sila. Restrain the mind to have samadhi. And ultimately, you will progress to have wisdom step by step until one sees the Dhamma. May you all have happiness and prosperity. May you grow in blessings.